0: 709 now and according to our next guest the price of a COVID-19 vaccine will depend on numerous factors including how effective it is how long it might work for and uh, other measures as well so to discuss we're joined this morning by health economist at the University of Alberta's Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry who also heads Alberta's Institute of Health Economics Christopher McCabe hi Christopher
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us. I mean, you know, we're just talking about this off off air. You know, when, we, when this vaccine comes to pass and we line up to get our shot, it's not really going to affect us that much in terms of price because that will probably be covered. So why do we need to worry about what the cost of a COVID vaccine might be in Canada?
1: Well... Each of us individually, we're seeing sort of prices south of the border being quoted that are in the twenty to forty dollars per person range, but the wraps up to about three point one, three point two billion for the whole population of Canada. So that's a lot of money uh, to find, and, uh, and and at the end of the day, it's either going to be paid uh, through our taxes or it's going to be paid through our insurance premiums. So actually. We will, you know, as a society, we're going to have to find a lot of money, and 3.2 billion for, you know, if if that's like the measles vaccine and it gives us long-term protection, then that's great. But if we were having to find 3.2 billion for, for on an annual basis,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then that would that would be a challenge. You know, in that 3.2 billion that's about 10 percent ballpark of of what the public sector spends on all drugs each year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we if we suddenly boosted our, uh, our public drug budget by by 10 percent to cover this, I'm not saying it wouldn't be good value, but it wouldn't be trivial to find that money.
0: Right.
2: Makes let's, sense. Let's talk about what drives the price up or uh, what uh, sets a price. What are some of these factors that we look at? I know if I'm going to buy a car, it's the features, it's the model, it's the, what, the power under the engine. What about when we're talking about a vaccine?
1: Oh, it's all a bit different uh, for drugs generally. We we have an organisation in Canada called the Patented Medicines Price Review Board, and their job is actually to set the maximum price that can be charged for a, for a new drug in Canada, uh, and they look at what's being paid in other countries. And so, there's a they, they look at. Uh, a basket of other countries uh, eleven or twelve other countries uh, and and we kind of pitch to to be the average to pay the average and set our maximum price of that at, at that sort of level so once that's set, then uh, the promises essentially go into negotiations with uh with the manufacturer and they 're very interested obviously in how effective it is you know that what drives the value is how effective it is, how long it lasts how many uh, shots we'll need. Do we need one? Do we need two? Uh, whatever. So, uh, budget impact and effectiveness are what really drives, uh, the, the promises, considerations, and obviously how quickly, uh, because, you know, we're all Still, kind of in this whack-a-mole world of uh, we're free, we're not free, we're, we're locked down, we're not locked down. Uh, the economy not going to be able to uh, really get on with uh, growing and recovering from the other challenges we have going on until uh, uh, until we actually uh, can get a control of COVID. Uh, and so uh, the, that that's the speed with which we can get enough doses to actually vaccinate uh, you know a large part of the population, so we can uh, achieve this herd immunity which is thought to be somewhere between 60 and 70% of the population will need to be vaccinated. So uh, getting that done as quickly as possible will also be a consideration.
0: In the article that you're quoted in in Folio or on the website folio.ca, it, sa- it says part of the value uh, would be based on how effective a vaccine is at preventing infection and how long immunity might last. Shouldn't we just assume that this vaccine is going to be effective in preventing infection? Uh
1: we should certainly hope <laughs> uh, but it's how effective so no vaccine is 100% uh, effective, we know people you know, uh, who get the, the, the measles vaccine uh, the mumps vaccine and still end up getting infected they are highly effective but uh, the FDA is saying that they they want at least 50% effective, so 50% of people receive the vaccine will actually be immune if they are exposed Uh Much higher than that, you know, the first vaccines are probably going to be at that sort of level, hopefully a little bit better. Uh, And then over time, as we get to understand more about this virus, we'll get more effective vaccines. You've got to remember, you know, 10 months ago, this virus didn't exist in humans. Mm -hmm. This has been such a rapid process. You know, we're usually talking five to 10 years For what's been done in literally months, it's really quite astounding. And so, I'm sure subsequent vaccines will be much more effective. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to get that, you know, high levels of effectiveness straight out of the gate.
2: Fifty percent sounds like my marks in high school, Christopher. (laughs) Let's uh, not
1: talk high school high school performance. I don't want to go there. Yeah, let's not. That's a whole
2: different show. Uh, But as as far as you know, from an ignorant perspective like like uh, myself, when it comes to vaccines. Are there, like, for example, when it comes to the flu, and you mentioned uh, the different vaccines, do we not just, uh, you know, hitch our horse to the uh, vaccine that has the most uh, uh, effectiveness? Or, or is it the case that we're going to have several different vaccines across the globe, and then they're weeded out eventually, and we go with one? How, how does that work? Would we have? Would we see different vaccines in use I, around the world?
1: I, I, yeah, we, we almost certainly will. I mean, the, the federal government's negotiated deals with, I think, four different companies, because we don't know which one's going to be Uh, get to the market first. We don't know which one's going to be most effective. And the one that looks most effective in the trials that get it to be approved by Health Canada, we might find out that in practice in the Canadian population, actually, you know, it might not be the most effective for for a whole load of different reasons. So there's a lot we don't know. And so we want to see a large number of vaccines so that we can then uh, find out which ones are the best. And also, you know, in, in practice. And also, number of vaccines creates competition, which will help push down on prices, which will help us, us with the long term affordability uh, of, of vaccines uh, for COVID.
0: Interesting discussion. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You bye too. Bye. That's Christopher McCabe, health economist at the University of Alberta.
2: Good stuff. And in the meantime, we're doing what we can. We're socially distancing. We're mm-hmm. uh, washing our hands.
0: Sanitizing left, right, and center.
2: Every morning when we come into the studio, yep. I mist it down, as you know, with my fume again. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, but also masks. Yeah. Obviously huge in... Canadians are on board with masks.
0: Most definitely. uh, It looks like support for face mask policies extremely high among Canadians. This, according to a new poll, and it does say 9 in 10 Canadians, first of all, are in support of the current border closure between the U.S. and Canada, but it also uh, specifically says that we are well above the 50% mark in just about every province across the country, except Alberta, where we're at 45%, because... We're not so on board with it here.
2: Yeah, the you know, study says, you know, as far as, uh, you know, outdoor, I mean, public spaces and indoor spaces, mm-hmm. 85% say across the nation in favor of uh, the face mask policy. And this, I found this interesting. The research company behind this noted that when Americans were asked, 90% are in favor of masks. And yet... And yes. Doesn't seem most do. No, that seems At to be least the case. that's what we hear. I think that goes to so polling. Mm. So people like the idea, but do they put it into practice? Yeah, that's the Maybe
0: so. It's 717. Now it's time for helicopter traffic for West District by Truman. Enjoy established amenities, recreation facilities, and the leading school districts.
1: We are flying over top of a new collision. If you're getting into the downtown core, this is southbound 14th Street. 10th Avenue Southwest. The right lane here is blocked off. We've got police on scene. Just a minor slowdown as you pass by it, though. Nothing too, too major. Uh, Northbound Lane is getting through this intersection, running problem free all the way up to 16th Avenue. We are also taking a look at some construction in the downtown core along eastbound 9th Avenue. There's a couple of right lanes set down between um, McLeod Trail and 3rd Street Southeast. They're doing some crane work until Sunday, so expect a little bit of a slowdown there as well. And over on the east end as we uh, take a look at Memorial Drive coming off of Deerfoot, uh, just a smooth drive out towards that 4th Avenue flyover. And if you are continuing further west towards the Center Street Bridge, of course, that is now fully open all the way out towards the Peace Bridge. So it's a nice smooth drive ahead of you. A message from Canadian Blood Services. Blood donors are needed to fill over 1,300 appointments in Calgary this month. Appointments are required. Book now at blood.ca.
2: Up in the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter. I'm Brady Howard.